Hey guys, it's Heather from Kettle of a Plan, and this is my podcast, Planning a Life I Love. This show is focused on how paper, stickers, and pens can help you plan your life into one full of all the things you love most. Welcome back, guys, to the next episode of Planning a Life I Love. I'm Heather Kell from Kell of a Plan, and today we are interviewing one of my favorite planners. I have welcomed Mary Ellen from Planning with Bumble to our show. Welcome, Mary Ellen. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. Yeah, so part of my show, I love to start off just letting uh, the guests tell us about their planning journey, their planner life. So let's just start out by you just telling us yourself, who you are, what you do, all the basic things we need to know about Mary Ellen. Okay, so I am based in Pennsylvania, outside of Philadelphia. I am 53 years old, if you can believe that. <laughs> I'm, a con- I'm a content creator, a planner, obviously. And basically what I do is teach people how to be creative and functional in their planners. And I do that mainly on YouTube and on Instagram. Um, and as you know, I am also a mentor on the happy planner squad with you. Yes. So so fun. It's it's been a fun journey so far. Yes. It's so, it's, it's definitely been a crazy journey. Um, and if if you, if you're not familiar with Mary Ellen, most of you probably are, but if you're not, you can find her on Instagram. She's planning with Bumble on both Instagram, YouTube, Patreon, all the places planning with Bumble. That's where you can find her. Uh, so tell mm-hmm. us a little bit, Mary Ellen, about your planner story. When did you start using a planner? How did you join the online planner community? Tell us a little bit about how you got started with that. So I have been a planner like my entire life, but I've never been able to stick to it. I'm a list maker. I used to make, I used to have like planners in, I, I feel like elementary school, but they weren't, you know, the planners like today. I've always just written things down. That's who I am. Um, but like I said, never been able to stick to it until it was, I guess, the end of 2017. And I was taking care of my husband. He had ALS. And there was a lot to that went into his care, you know, between medicines and and nurse visits and all this kind of stuff. And I had a problem keeping it together. So I said to myself, well, I guess it's time for me to try again to use a paper planner because over the years I've tried. And I think the longest I had done it was maybe six months um and so i ordered a plum paper planner i started using that but i was a little bit confused on how to set it up and i really wanted to make it functional for me so i went on youtube and all of a sudden there was this world that i had no idea existed you know like people were putting stickers in planners and i was like what is this like this is amazing because i've always been very creative. I was a scrapbooker and a list maker. So to me, it just made so much sense. It was like, this is the hobby that was meant for me. I had no idea it even existed. And so I started, you know, buying all the things. (laughs) I started buying stickers and putting them on my planner. And like, at first it was really hard. So I watched a lot of videos, including yours. <laughs> Thank you. You were very helpful in the beginning. <laughs> and um, and yeah, so it kind of took off from there. I started Instagram in January 2018, I guess, or the end of January. And 
it was also really cool that there were, you know, this whole group of people who did the same thing and posted pictures of what they created. I thought that was really neat. And, uh, and like I said, this was so new to me. So I'm like, let me just jump in and try it. And then all of a sudden I found this thing that I'm like all excited about. And to me, that was everything. So I applied for the Happy Planner Squad and obviously made it on there. And that was just such a joy in such a hard time. It was like this weird time in my life where I was so, so sad, but parts of my life were happy at the same time because of this thing that was happening with planning. Um, and so then in July, 2018, I started my YouTube channel and, and then it just kind of has taken off from there. So it's something I love and I'm just so excited that I, I can do it yeah. for a living. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of how I met Mary Ellen is through the Happy Planner squad. Uh, when we, we made the squad together that year and I actually didn't know who you were at that point. When you made the squad, it was like, one yeah, of I'm the not new sure names. you're following me. <laughs> yeah, it was one of the new names. I was yeah. like, oh, who was planning with Bumble? I need to go follow right. her. And, <laughs> and so that's kind of when we met. And uh, I loved your feed, like right when I found it. And I remember I was like, who is this person? I need to follow her. And Marielle was like, how are you not following planning with Bumble? And I was like, I don't know. Like, was, so uh, that well, was I only fun. Had nine, I only had 900 followers at the time. So it's okay. Yeah, yeah. But I just remember Marielle was like, why are you not following her? She's great. I was like, oh, my bad. Like, <laughs> of course, the title of my podcast is Planning a Life I Love. And so I always want to find out how my guests use their planner to plan a life they love. So when you hear the phrase, planning a life I love, what does that mean to you? So to me, that means using my planner to um, achieve my goals, whether they're big goals or small goals. It means using my planner to be more productive, which then brings me more peace in my life. And to me, it also means being creative in my planner. And it's giving me that creative outlet, which I've always needed. And I, there was a time in my life for about six years or so when I was just working and I wasn't doing anything creative at all. And so when I found planning and I, I started, you know, making these spreads and everything, I, I told my kids like, cause it, it was making me so happy. And I told them like, don't ever let me for the rest of my life go without doing something creative. I don't care what it is, but if you see me just like going to work and coming home and watching TV and then doing the same thing over, I'm like, tell me mom, do something creative because it helps my anxiety. It's a stress reliever for me. It has done something to my brain. I know that sounds so weird, but it's like, helped me have a more positive mindset overall. Yeah. And so I just feel in general, I feel happier. And, and it's weird to me because I feel happier in a time in my life that isn't happy. And so I really think planning has so much, you know, to do with that happiness. And, and even like, even right after my husband died, I wasn't happy, but it helped me focus on the positive parts of my life. And to exactly. me, that has made a giant difference. Like yeah. giant. Yeah. I'm sure like when your husband passed away, your planner, it's like tying it back to that quote of planning a life I love. It's like, that is not some, a good season of life, but your planner has helped you right. to focus on the things 
that you do love and how to bring those things into mm -hmm. your life just to help balance out with that heartache. So I, yeah. And I never really expected that from a planner either. Like a planner is something, you know, you write down like, okay, I do laundry today or I have a doctor appointment at three o'clock and you don't really expect that it's going to change your life in that sort of way. But for me, it did. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So I'd love to dive deeper into a certain topic with my guest and each topic I try to kind of tie into the guest and what their life is like and kind of their knowledge base. And so I thought that a lot of people would love for me and you to kind of chat about how our planner has helped us to create a business for ourselves because both of us, like, I feel like neither one of us started this thinking that we would become full-time content creators, but yet here we are. And so right. I just thought it'd be fun to kind of talk about our journey on how we got here how we used our planners to get here, and then even share tips for people who maybe want to start this journey for themselves. So just kind of starting out, I'd love to hear like, what did you do? What was your job before you became a full-time content creator? Okay, sure. So I was a stay-at-home mom for 16 years, which is a really long time. Um, uh, when I was, I think, 43, I separated from my husband and I needed to get a job and I hadn't worked, like I said, in 16 years. And so I have a degree in psychology, but it's really hard to find a job. You know, we've been out of work for so long. So I ended up, the first interview we got, I, I landed the job because it was so hard for me to get an interview. I'm just like, I'll take it. So what that a real estate manager, which is basically um, someone who takes everything from like the listing of the house to sale of a house and and just does everything in between with like coordinating dates and working with mortgage companies and inspectors and everything. Um, it was a really interesting, varied job. I did that for, I guess, well, about six years or so before um, my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, got sick. And then I quit to take care of him. So I was doing that full time. Then I was not working. Um, and then after he passed away, I took a few months off because I just needed time to heal. And, and then I didn't know what to do. And so I had just started my YouTube channel in July of 2018. I actually went back to work at Remax in November and, um, I don't know. I didn't want to do it, but <laughs> I needed the money. So I did that part time for a while. And so my goal then in January of 2019 was that I was only going to work at Remax for a year. Um, so I was doing Remax part time and YouTube part time, but my YouTube income was not really so great. Uh, and so my, like I said, my goal was I need to take this year to work on this YouTube thing and then I'm going to quit Remax. And it actually worked out that not shortly after that, I actually did end up quitting Remax right around when COVID started. So. Awesome. So for those of you who don't know about me, I was a teacher for nine years um, and I was a English teacher for six of those years and an instructional technology specialist for three of those years. So when I started my YouTube channel, I was actually an instructional technology specialist. And part of my job was teaching kids 
basically how to make videos and upload them on YouTube. Like that was part of my job. And so when um, I had started Kill of a Plan in 2016, but it was just Instagram and I was making zero money on Instagram. Like that's, if mm -hmm. you just have an Instagram account, um, it's really hard to make money on Instagram unless you're getting like paid deals. And I was not getting paid deals. And right. so, but a lot of people were asking me to start a YouTube channel and it felt like second nature to me because that's what I was doing with my job. And so I was like, yeah, this is easy. So that's, I started a YouTube channel and it just kind of like blew up. Neither one of us, I feel like started this knowing that they were going to, Kelva playing and playing with Bumble was going to become a business. But at what point did you realize that playing with Bumble is not just your hobby anymore? It is a business. When did you realize that? Yeah, I had no idea it was going to be a business. I had no idea. Um, I think once I started posting consistently on YouTube and, and my, I saw my revenue go up and it kept going up and I'm thinking, okay, maybe this is something that I can do, but it was still pretty low. And I don't know, I just, it kept increasing. And then eventually somebody's talking to me about Patreon and they're like, why don't you start a Patreon? I'm like, I can't do it. It's hard. Like, I don't know anything about Patreon, but I'm like, well, let me give it a shot. So I started that in December of 2019 and all of a sudden I had an extra income and it grew to be just as much as I was making part-time at Remax. And at that point I'm like, well, I'm exactly where I was when I'm working at Remax and YouTube. So it's just time. It's time to, yeah. you know, to quit. And it, to me, it was like, I never ever realized that I could do something for a living that I am passionate about. I never knew what I wanted to be when I grew up ever, even, even in my fifties, I did not know. And then all of a sudden this, this kind of fell into my lap and now I'm being paid for something creative, which is like amazing to me it is, is yeah. truly amazing. Yeah. Like I always, I knew my whole life I wanted to be a teacher. I mean, ever since I was a kid, I was like, I'm going to be a teacher. I love to play school. I just knew that's what I was going to do. And I never in a million years would have ever thought that I would quit my teaching job. My instructional mm -hmm. technology position, I loved my job. Like, honestly, I would have never quit that job until I was forced to. Like, honestly, the reason yeah. I quit was because they were cutting the positions in half. They were going from 40 instructional technology specialists to 20. And in order to keep your position, you had to have your master's. Well, I didn't have, I don't have my master's degree. And at the mm -hmm. time, Kell of a Plan had become a, a business at that point, not as big as it was now, but it was like, I was putting out a lot of content. And I also was running an online boutique with my sister that was like exploding and teaching. And I was like, I'm literally working three mm -hmm. jobs. How am I supposed to go back to school and get my master's? So yeah. it was basically like, kind of like what you said, where you looked at your finances and realized I'm making just as much doing this right. fun thing as I am making in yeah. my real job. And that's when Matthew and I were like, all right, peace out, real job. We're going to, we're going <laughs> yeah, to exactly. see how this goes. Yeah. I, so, I found um, myself, I found myself going to work because I worked Wednesday and Friday at that point, And I found myself going to work thinking, oh my God, I have 
all this YouTube videos to, to record. I'm, I'm at Remax, like typing up, you know, emails that meant nothing. And I'm, and I hated that job at that point because I, here at home, I had this like creative thing that I was doing. And, and now it's like, oh, I got to go to work and do this when I have to, you know, take photos for this week for Instagram. Yeah. I was looking so, for any reason to quit. So here's a question that's not, it's not actually on the notes that I sent you, but it's just a question that popped in my head. How do you think you handle planning with Bumble differently since it is a business than someone who might just be doing this like as strictly a hobby? So like if someone who just has an Instagram account for a hobby, for fun, how do you think you handle yours differently than that person because it is a business? Well, um, first off, I think... I put out a lot more content than the average person. Yeah. I mean, you and I both, uh, it's, it's constant, you know, so I'm posting pretty much every day on everything. And so I feel like I take, I obviously take it more seriously. So there's not like a time when I'm just like, Oh, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not going to post today. Like, I think if you're just doing it for a hobby, you can kind of choose like, well, I'm just going to take a few days off or I'm going to take a social media break. But for us, it's not, you can't really, I mean, you can, but you have to way plan ahead for it and like, right. you know, film extra content that week for the following week so that you can take off. So it's, I just take it a lot more seriously and I work so much harder and and as you know um i think there's so much more involved to this than most people realize oh for sure for you sure. know the steps involved in all of it is it's very very time consuming i work so much longer than i ever did when i was working full time you know but the trade-off is it's very flexible so if i want to you know like like yesterday i i went and got that massage that you guys gave me <laughs> for my birthday. Yeah. And, and it was like, I could just, you know, take off and, and take the morning off and it was fine. I don't have to answer to anybody, which is great, you know? Exactly. But it's different than a hobby for sure. I, and it hasn't, my, my planning, like I still really, really enjoy it. And I've had some comments on YouTube, like they, you seem stressed. Like if you don't enjoy it, just stop. I'm like, I do enjoy, I love it. I love it so much that I take it very, I'm very, very passionate about it, which I think sometimes comes across as, you know, stress, but I get comments I like that sometimes on YouTube too. YouTube comments kill me. Like yeah. I feel like people on YouTube, not everybody, but I do think that people on YouTube feel like freer in saying whatever mm -hmm. they want to say. And sometimes I'll get comments that are like, you sound stressed out. And I'm like, I'm not, I don't know why you think I sound yeah. stressed out or like, I don't know. Well, I'm a People perfectionist so badly. Um, and so I get a lot of comments on that. Like, you know, don't take it so seriously. Like it's just to plan. And I'm like, I know I plan differently than, you know, and I tell people don't take it so seriously. And it's true. I, but I, I just, that's how I am. That's how yeah. I plan. That's how I do everything my entire life. If I'm doing something creative, I want it to be exactly how I want it to be. And I, I get that way. So I get a lot of comments on that. Like, you know, it's yeah. fine. Just don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> so I really want to highlight for those of you listening, what Mary Ellen said about the difference in the hobby and the business. Cause I feel like this is like a key. If you're someone who's listening and right now, maybe planning is a hobby, but you want to turn it more into a business. Her, she said like consistency, like we post every day, 
we, mm-hmm. we are consistent. So I would say if you're someone who is wanting to like take this journey of trying to turn it more into a business, that's like your first step is making a schedule, a consistent schedule and sticking to it. Right. Absolutely. And I kind of want to, I kind of want to backtrack a few minutes ago, you were talking about <clears throat> Patreon and we both have Patreons. If, for those of you listening, if you're not familiar with Patreon, it's a platform where you can support your favorite content creators and you get to pick your level or your tier. And then based on your tier, that determines how much you're like donating to the content creator. And it determines what perks the content creator is giving back to you. So that's kind of what Patreon is. For those of you who don't know, Mary Ellen and I both have Patreon uh, accounts. I'm Kelly plan on there. He's planning with Bumble. You can check them both out. We both have really cool perks that we think are fun. But I kind of want to talk about like, because you you mentioned that Patreon was almost like a turning point for your business. Like it helped you realize mm-hmm. you could do this full time. When you started Patreon, like, were you nervous about it? Were you, did it scare? Oh, like, yeah. How did you? <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I was really nervous. And I think I remember reaching out to you and asking you about it, but you had just started as well. Um, I. I was nervous for a couple of reasons. Number one, I was afraid that people wouldn't think they were getting their money's worth and that I would exactly give, I wouldn't be giving them what they wanted. Um, number two, I was afraid because the workload was going to increase a ton. And I was afraid that I wouldn't get everything, be able to get everything done. And, and number three, um, for me, it felt odd. Um, especially some like some perks like my highest perk is okay you create a spread i create a spread for my top tier and i send them send it to them once a month and the top tier also gets a phone call with me so for me it felt weird because it felt like oh well you know you pay this much money and you're going to get like a spread from me and a phone call with planning with bumble yay like and it felt conceited kind of so it felt weird. Um, yes, it still feels I, a little bit weird for me. But, it does. But people want people want it though, and and they're I mean they're getting their money's worth because I'm putting in a lot of hours on that. Yes. It's not like it's not like they're paying me a hundred dollars a month and I'm just you know taking a half an hour and like sending. I'm like really working hard at all of this, and I think that's what some people don't understand about Patreon is that. Yes, you are donating to the content creator, but you are getting a lot in return. Yes, yes. I totally and the hours agree. I, and I spend, feel like, you know. I feel like there's a lot of misconceptions out there about Patreon. And I think when mm-hmm. I first started, I was so nervous about it. And I had actually thought about starting a Patreon for like over a year. And I every time I tried, I was like, okay, I'm gonna do it. I I would I would chicken out because I would be like, it felt weird to just mm-hmm. be like, people give me your money because you like yeah. me. Like that's yeah. I think that's what a lot of people think Patreon is. It's like, oh, I like this person, so I'm just gonna give them money. And some people might be like, that's weird to just give them money. But like mm-hmm. you said, like they're but it's paying, not. they're buying right, they're front, they're buying stuff. They're from paying you. it's I look at it as almost like a subscription. Like yeah. if you if you're at my five dollar level. Every month, you're going to get a live video, you're going to get a phone Mm -hmm. background, you're going to get like whatever all the perks are. You're like, it's almost like you're subscribing to get those things every month. And so absolutely, I 
I look at it more as like a subscription than I do like, oh, I'm just giving somebody money. And I try really hard, and I know you do too, to make my perks something that my patrons find benefit in. And I think right. the fact that we both have so many patrons proves that we've done a good job of that. Like we we want them to find mm -hmm. benefit. We don't want them to just give us money. We want them to find yeah, benefit in it. And course, like you I, said, I would never do it if, it if they were just giving me money. It would make me feel too bad. So I'm I'm right. working my butt I, off. You know, I work more on Patreon. I feel like than I work, or maybe it's half and half. You know, um, oh, and, and I yeah. feel like I feel like Patreon takes up so much of my time, it and that's does. what a lot of people, a lot of planners will message me who are thinking about starting a Patreon, and they're like you know, they ask me for tips and I'm happy yeah. to share them. But the first thing I always say is <laughs> it's a lot of work. Like me don't too. I tell them this. the same thing, you know, doing YouTube videos and they're like, can I, you know, should I start a Patreon? I'm like, I don't know that you should until yeah, you have more time. Yeah. yeah and, it is a full-time job. But like, I've gotten, And I feel like, you know, you, you can do it in ways that maybe you don't take as much time, but then you run into the fact that people aren't finding like, worth in those benefits like the mm -hmm. things that i spend the most time on are like the spreads and the lives and the zoom calls and, yeah. the, and the stickers and like that's what people want and if you're trying mm -hmm. to do more of like the stuff that doesn't take up a lot of time you're just not going to get not, as many patrons yeah you're not going to get as many patrons um i've gotten a lot of really good feedback from my patrons i do ask them like quite often like how's it going and what can i change and um i've i've gotten a lot of great feedback and um, I just added a tier recently. Well, no, I guess it's been a few months where I do exclusive videos. So that's like, I give them two to three videos extra a week, which is, you know, two to three extra a week. <laughs> yeah, <gasps> I know. <laughs> and it's only my the, $20 tier. <laughs> on but, top um, of the five to seven you're already putting out on YouTube. Yeah. So I'm making, yeah. And, and some of those videos are like, kind of vlog types and like I'll do okay. I'll do one I do one called I mean some of them are also planning though I'll do one called um Bumble Walk and Talk where I I walk around the neighborhood with Bumble and I just like chat about what's going on in the planner world or my that's day fine. and they, they really like that yeah so I mean that's been a lot of work though <laughs> yeah I've thought about in. I've thought about adding exclusive video content but I think if I did it it would be like maybe one a week or maybe like twice mm -hmm. a month. Well, like, the thing is, I, here, here's an example of how I am. So I told them when I started this exclusive video level that I'm going to shoot for like, it'll be one, one a week, maybe two. And now I'm putting like three a week. And why do I do? I don't know. I, I tend to want to give them more than they're, they're expecting. And yeah, that's what I'm I do on way. Patreon. <laughs> you know, like, like one of my perks on Patreon is that they get a, 15% coupon code to my Etsy shop and like almost every month I'm like you get 20% just yeah. like I want to give them like more than yeah, what you they want them think to be happy getting. yeah you, know, yeah. you, you, you don't want them to regret joining and you want to give them their money's worth so so that's that's yeah. why I work so hard at it yeah I definitely think Patreon is a is a great addition to both of our businesses but it is definitely mm -hmm. like a huge workload so if you're someone who's like listening and you're like oh maybe i should start a patreon it'll push me to grow my business it will but it will also like add a lot to your workload so just keep that mm -hmm. in mind when you're mm -hmm. 
when you're making yeah. that decision. So absolutely. So how have you used your planner to help you plan things for your business? So every month I sit down in the beginning of the month and I plan my content out for the next month. I started by using my happy planner wall calendar. When I started this whole thing, I really wasn't using my, I was putting all of my plans in my catch all, you know, my social media plans and it was working for a little bit, but then it started getting harder. So then I switched to, okay, I'm going to plan all of my videos out on the wall calendar. And then I color code as far as like, what did I film? What did I edit? What did I upload? I really have to have a dedicated social media planner. I kind of had one, but I wasn't using it that much. And I'm like, I got to get serious about this because I can't keep all this in my head. And it was not going to fit on my catch all at all. So that's when I started trying to figure out what kind of planner to use. And I had a hard time with that until I saw your video on the dashboard layout, using it for social media. And it like changed my game. So thank you. It, so now that's what I use and it's really, really working for me. So, so I'll plan like the videos on the monthly part. And then I have a section where I have like a, well, I don't know. I think happy planner might've discontinued the monthly layout. I'm not sure if that's, they no, don't see I any for next I didn't year. See it. Yeah. yeah. Cause yeah. that's what I'm using. So I, I kind of Franken plan. So I've got a monthly layout and then I have the dashboard pages on all my monthly. I track like, okay, here's the affiliates and sponsors for this month. And, and like certain, I'll track certain Patreon things that I have to do for the month on there. I'll track income and all that kind of stuff. And then on the weekly pages, I do what you showed me how to do, which <laughs> is filming on the one section. I have a section for Patreon and then I have a section like, you know, Monday through Sunday for the videos. And then I track my Instagram posts like two a day on the, the daily sections. And it's like, yeah. it's been working out so well. So I just got one of those uh, daily sheep lock pads. And every day, like at the end of the day, I'll just sit down. Okay, what do I have to do tomorrow? But usually it's like a daily checklist. Um, and then I just, you know, I have it there just to keep me on track so that I don't, so I'm not all over the place. Because sometimes with ADD, my brain gets like crazy and I can't like think with everything going in it. <laughs> you know what I mean, so if I had all written down uh, for that day, it's, it's kind of helping. One thing I want to point out to the listeners, if, you, if you're listening to Mary Ellen right now, what I'm hearing is she is not afraid to change her planner to work for yeah. her. So like, like her planner style, like she's told us she started in her catch on and then she went to a wall calendar and then she went to the dashboard layout. And so when you hear that, I hope you hear like, you don't have to stick to the same planner. Layout no, it's trial and error. I hear people say that. Yeah. Like, and as your life changes, as your business changes, different layouts are going to work for you mm -hmm. better. And so I think it's so important. I think that's a lesson that so many planners need to hear. It's like, you don't have to stick to the same layout year after year, month after month. Like, don't be afraid to change it up to make it work for you. Yeah. And, and I feel need. like a lot of people start out and, and they ask me like, what planner should I get? Like, what should I get? And they think it's like written in stone. I've got to get this planner. And then I'm, I'm you know, I got to use it all year. And this is the, this is the layout I need. But it changes so much um, in any kind of planner. It changes so much. I actually was using an Erin Condren at the beginning of the year. And then I switched and I was back in like, well, I went from a vertical classic 
to an Aaron. This is all this year. <laughs> classic vert, classic vertical, vertical to an Aaron Connor teacher to a Happy Planner monthly only, and then to the to the dashboard. Um, okay, so how do you use your planner to help you plan? Not just like we kind of talked about how you use it for the daily planning of your business, but how do you use your planner to help you plan for the future of your business? Okay, so I have a section in my work planner that's just dedicated to future goals. Um, I have the goals listed out. I have a lot of goals. The reason I'm struggling with getting them, you know, done is time. But I'm trying to remind myself, okay, every day, take, you know, an hour out of every single day and work on that goal. Now, lately, I've been really, really busy, and I haven't been able to do it as much. But that's my plan anyway, to, you know, just if you don't set aside time every single day, or even once a week, but if you don't like plan for that time, it's just not going to happen. You're going to end up, you know, yeah. binge watching Shit's Creek and drinking wine on the couch, you know, yeah. so, so you really have to work that in. So I have like, so I write in, in my monthly. So I have a section for my future goals. And then on my monthly part, I write in, okay, here are the steps that I'm going to be taking this month. And I try to look at that as much as possible and work it into my weekly um, plans. Uh, yeah. So it's just like breaking it out into small steps. That's really the only way to do it, you know, because I get overwhelmed when I see like create a sticker book, like what, <laughs> you know, like, like if I have like the small steps, like, okay, what are you going to design? Like what, you know, how, like con email a company about it, like do this, 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 like little steps. And that's kind of how I'm doing it now. And uh, yes, breaking it down. That's exactly what I did when I made my first Kelva fan box. Cause that first time that you make um, like a product, you don't, it's, it's a lot harder the first time. Cause you don't tell you me know, about you it. Know, I'm, I'm you don't struggling. know how it works. <laughs> and yeah. so when I did my first Kelva plan box, I actually got um, Aaron Condren has like those small folios and they had one that was goals, like a goal one. And, and mm -hmm. you would write your big goal. And then it would have steps, like little goals that you would take to reach yeah. that big goal. And that is, I like use that and I wrote it down. I wrote down every step, like find manufacturers, order samples, mm -hmm. pick out which sticker paper I like best, pick out which washi I like best. Because like just vetting the manufacturers to find someone who makes the quality you want, that alone mm -hmm. is a huge step. But it's definitely like you have to break it down. Because otherwise, when you look at like a big goal of like, I want to make a sticker book, that can be really overwhelming. But when you break yeah. it down, like you're saying into those little steps, it just makes it feel a little more attainable. Which, yeah. speaking of um, a planning with Bumble sticker book, <laughs> I have had this in my mind and I keep meaning to tell you, I think that you should take all of your doodles that you do at the end of your videos and turn mm -hmm. them into a sticker book. Well, that's the plan. <laughs> uh, that's, that's the plan. Yeah, it's just a matter of, you know, it is new to me and I don't know what I'm doing. And it's so it's it's like a lot of research. It's trying to figure out like I can, you know, I can draw. That's no problem. But it, then it's like, OK, formatting that and like what, you know, 
how big do I need it to be? And like, what, you know, just all of that. It's very complicated. So, so that's been I had, like, to, I had to teach struggle. myself how to do, do all of that. Cause I don't yeah. have a background in graphic design. So I literally like, yeah, me neither. So it's hard. Downloaded Adobe illustrator mm -hmm. and would watch YouTube videos and read articles yeah. on how to do everything. Yeah. And, and that's I what I figured what it out. Doing. <laughs> That's so the stage I'm in help. now. It's like the research. <laughs> yeah. If you need help, let me know. I have a good sticker company I use. I can get you their contact info. <laughs> Thanks. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, there's so much that goes into making a product that yeah. customers don't realize. That, yeah. I mean, everybody that, keeps saying, Mary Ellen, where's your sticker book? When are you going to do? And I'm like, what you don't know is that it's a really big learning curve. It's not, it doesn't come naturally. You just can't, you know, I mean, I actually bought a cricket and I was going to make stickers on my cricket and, oh, gosh. Uh, and that, that lasted that, like a little bit. And now I'm like, I'm not making stickers on my cricket because I, tell, I see you these know, Marielle, shops. Yeah. Marielle does it. And I, mm -hmm. I make stickers on my cricket for my patrons, but that's yeah. it because it is, they take forever. I'm like, I and would rather it's always, have it's my always cutting wrong it. too. I can't get it to cut right. Yeah, it's always yeah, like that's, off. <laughs> that's a pain. That's and a like pain. the Etsy shops, I, definitely... I think they they have like multiple crickets going at once, and they've got like this whole thing. I don't, I don't want that. Um, for me, that's not. That doesn't sound enticing. Like for a lot of people, that works, but for me, like I, I want it to be well, not and all I of think, that because I've got all this other stuff to do. I don't right. Have time. I think that's the difference for us. Is like. We are content creators who also mm -hmm. want product, but a lot of those sticker shops, like they're sticker shops. They're not right. also trying to put out all of this content. Yeah. So Cause I just don't think don't it's possible. Yeah. That. I don't yeah. think it's possible time-wise to do that. Uh, like so. I, can, I can make time for designing the product. I'll do that while I'm sitting on the couch watching TV. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm going to send it off to a manufacturer mm -hmm. and let them make it right. for me. So. so this podcast is getting a little long. I like to wrap up the podcast by giving the listeners tangible things that they can do with their planner that tie back into the topic we've been talking about. So today we've been talking about using our planners to grow businesses. So what are some tangible things that we can tell our listeners that they can be doing in their planner or doing in their lives to help them grow a business if that's what they're interested in? We've talked about using goal, a goal planner to plan out your steps. But besides those things, what are some other things that we could do, tell people to like help them move into that business? Mindset? I think, um, I think building up your Instagram is important. Um, and to do that, you know, everybody asks me this and, and, you know, like you said, consistent posting, you know, I think two posts a day is great. You know, even one post a day, but post every day. I think um, engagement is really important and make sure that you're um, like consistently like replying to comments and commenting on other people's videos and just, um, you know, getting to know people in the community. I think that really goes a long way in, in building up your Instagram. Uh, and then as far as like um, planning for it, like, like I said, I think time blocking is really good work out like time to work on it every day um and if you're someone who is interested in you know using youtube to become 
you know, to work on planning and stuff. I think, again, like consistency and posting, um, but also don't like take your, I guess quality over quantity. It's more important to put out something you're really proud of than to put out something, you know, every day. So yeah, if and I with start YouTube, to notice, with YouTube, you know, they actually, the YouTube algorithm actually says you shouldn't put out a video every day. Me yeah. and you are crazy in the fact that we do oh, that. I know. Like most, I've most about, YouTube I've channels I've thought about don't. slowing it down, actually. I've thought about slowing it down. And I told them. You know, I, I have told to. It's funny. Mm -hmm. I last Saturday, I didn't post a video one day. I skipped one day. And when my video went up the next day, I had someone comment and was like, I'm so glad you're back. I missed you during your, break. I know. And I'm like, <laughs> I know one day it was one day. <laughs> well, I told them it, that in, in October and November and maybe December, I was going to put out four videos a week. I did for like two weeks. And then all of a sudden, I, I make this schedule and like I'm posting every day again. And, and it's for me, I think it's like, I have so many ideas in my head and, so many, my and also a lot of planners that I use. And so there's not enough time to like, if I put out four videos a week, there's not enough time to put out everything I want to put out. And so that's my problem too. It's frustrating. I do, like, I, I do want to throw out there for the listeners, like you don't have to be Heather and Mary Ellen. Like, I hope you hear us saying we're crazy. Like we're crazy yeah. for doing this. Yeah. So I don't think you really want to be it, Heather. And Mary. <laughs> like, yeah, it's too much. Yeah. It's yeah, too much. Yeah. We don't have lives. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So if you're someone who's like, I want to turn this into a business, turning this into a business does not mean you have to post a YouTube video every day. It just means, no. you know, you need to be more consistent. I would say mm -hmm. the key to YouTube is being consistent no matter what that schedule is. If your schedule is putting two videos up a week, put them up on the same days at the same times every week. Be consistent. That doesn't necessarily mean put a video up every single day. Right. No, that's important. And if you're posting like plan with me, it's like, for example, I put my big happy planner plan with me up every Monday and it's been every Monday for, I don't even know how long, like a year and a half or so. And so people learn to, you know, expect that. And and I think that that's what makes kind of people tune in to you, you know, consistently. It's a, oh, it's Monday, you know, right. Mary Ellen's putting out a big plan with me today. Um, but I also right. like to switch having it up. that schedule. Yeah. yeah, like I I put out my videos every day, and most of the, most days it's at ten o'clock a.m. Central. I don't know why I just chose that time like years ago, but some days it's later. But that's if I can schedule mine's my all videos, over the place. The time I choose. <laughs> I try if I to schedule them at nine. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Sometimes I don't get them scheduled because I mm -hmm. forget. But if I can get them scheduled, I pick a time. Well, so. I give my patrons early access to my videos, so I can't schedule them and have it be unlisted at the same time. So then, you know, when it's time to to post it, I it just depends. I don't always post it at the same time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, so. a, that's an interesting idea. I think that I like that idea of early access, but I think I would forget to actually switch it to public. And when you switch it from unlisted to public, does, I guess it notifies them that it's live. Um, if you, yeah. if you, if you, I know if you publish something, and then you unpublish it and you move it back to unlisted and then you publish it again. It doesn't notify them 
that it's published the second time. So anyway, you just really confused me. <laughs> random YouTube thoughts. But anyway, um, one thing that I did when I first realized that Teleplan was going to be a business too, was I tracked my followers. I don't in, in my mm -hmm. social media planner, I don't do this anymore, but when I was first starting out at the beginning of every month, I would write down how many Instagram followers I had, how many YouTube followers I had. And then at the end of the month, I would write it down too, so that I could see yeah. the growth. And mm -hmm. I, that was, that's just, there's not really a purpose in that besides like having something to celebrate, honestly. Right. Like, well, another thing that I, in kind of relation to that, another thing that I do, um, and I still do this is I, I'll go on my Instagram. I'll kind of analyze all my stuff. So I'll, I'll go on Instagram and look at what got the most likes, what, what got the most reach. Um, and I'll just kind of try to see what is interesting to people, you know, what people are, are wanting to see. I'll, I'll kind of consistently analyze my YouTube videos and just see, okay, what's getting the most views, what's getting the most views like quickly. Um, and just like you start to see patterns of what people are interested in. For example, like I've noticed that people are really into planner beginner videos. You know, they want, they're, they're searching that because they're just starting out. So, you know, I try to post those when I can, but, but yeah, so I just kind of, I kind of do that and see what's like trending. What, are, what, you know, sometimes I'll just search plan with me on, on YouTube and just see like, what are people looking at? What are the most popular videos? you know, that are happening here. And, and it kind of helps me. It doesn't necessarily change my content though. <laughs> I say that, I say, I look at that, but you know, it doesn't change it all that much, but I, I like to just kind of check out my analytics and yeah. Yeah. See what's Definitely, going on. I would on. say a, a key part of this being a business on social media is diving into your analytics um, I, do, I, I do encourage people not to get too tied mm -hmm. to them and don't let them define you, no. um, but definitely use them to help you guide your business and help you plan and grow. All right. So that's kind of like a wrap up of our episode. Um, as a reminder, for those of you who are listening, I will have a principal for my Patreons that kind of goes along with this episode where you can take notes and there'll probably be like a little goals worksheet attached to it. So check out my Patreon if you want that printable. Thank you, Mary Ellen, for coming on the show. Can you remind everyone where they can find you on social media? Yeah, um, thank you for having me. And you can find me on Instagram, YouTube, Patreon, and Facebook at Planning with Bumble. Yes, be so. sure to check her out if you haven't already. Thanks, guys, for listening. And we'll see you, I'll see you next week for the next episode of Planning a Life I Love. What are you waiting for? Grab that planner, those stickers, and those pens, and go start planning a life you love. I'll see you on the next episode. Happy planning!